At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We're entering hour number three here on the Nightcap. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel here filling in for Tim Murray, who's on a well-deserved vacation right now. We miss you, Tim. But thank you for letting us keep your seats warm. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, what? Shots fired? Mm. Oh, no. Has Tim been bad to you? Uh, well, Tim's Tim's too much of a Pat Connaughton fan. Oh, well. He too did, much. He, Pat Connaughton did not show up in game six. Can we talk about that real quick? No, but arguably Pat Connaughton was actually like really good in the series. He was so really I good. <laughs> but it was all Bobby Portis off the bench in game six. Very Where good. Yep. Go? Very good observation. <laughs> Pat Connaughton's garbage again. Oh, no, no, no. Tim, we love you. And we also love Pat Connaughton. He is an NBA champion. Very true. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL, though, because in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by pro football focuses, Eric Eager. Um, and I was just interested in your take on the MVP future in the awards market. Patrick Mahomes, obviously the big favorite as expected, but maybe who's his biggest threat in your opinion? Another quarterback. Right, like Shocker. <laughs> it's yeah. got, like it's it's got to be the case, right? When you're looking at like overall MVP, it's hard, like offensive player of the year, 100%. Like you can go in a different direction, but when it comes to MVP, when it comes to the simplistic nature in which this is voted on, it is hard to look past quarterback, and which is why you see at the top of the list: Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, <laughs> and Lamar Jackson. Last time I checked, those were all quarterbacks. So I think if we're and my quarterback, my pick's not even on there. Who is it? I like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Very anti Justin Herbert. Why? No, I'm not very anti. No, Justin go Herbert. into it. Let's I, hear. It. I have, and I'm actually. I'll be, this is a good conversation to have with Eric, but I do think that there were there were facets of Justin Herbert's game, right, which were somewhat unsustainable. And the guys at PFF actually do a great job of talking about certain aspects of it. One of it is being like really good under pressure, right? He was one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League last year. I think he might have been the best. Uh, we'll have Eric talk about that. 
um, under pressure. That tends to be a very random statistic on a year-to-year basis. So can he replicate that going forward? A lot of big-time throws mixed into some of his throws. Can he continue to do that as he goes forward? Now, the argument for him is that the offensive line, right? You add to his strength. The offensive Mm -hmm. line was really solid last year. They add to that. It's Mm going to get a little bit stronger. So I I wouldn't say, like, I understand a case for a Justin Herbert. Amal hated my pick. Right. Uh, Oh, did he really? Yeah. Did he make some kind of joke? Like, you'd be better donating that to the food bank. uh, No, that's a Michael Lombardi one. That that one's his. But, no, he was just saying, basically, that, like, do you think that the Chargers are going to win the division? Because if they're not... How are you going to vote for a guy? Who are you, how are you going to think that a guy is going to win MVP if he's not even going to win his own division? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that type of an award, you take the bigger name that made the bigger plays that was on the more winning team. Yeah, well, it's kind of like coach of the year, right? Like I hear a lot of like, hey, man, this guy could win coach of the year. is pretty good. Well, a coach of the year candidate hasn't won, or excuse me, a coach of the year winner has won double-digit games every single year since 1990. So when you're like when you're looking at certain awards, there are trends that you look mm-hmm. at, right, that benefit you as a better. And I would agree with the sentiment that if you're going to vote for an MVP, you would think that their team is going to finish as like a top two seed in their mm-hmm. respective conference. I always look at coach of the year as like, you know, there's comeback player of the year. I look at coach of the year as like comeback team of the year and the guy who's at the helm of it. Because how often do we see coach of the year go to a first year coach that's gotten just a stunning season being mm-hmm. like that refreshing voice in the room. Yeah. And you go, you, new coaches tend to have positive impact because it's, it's just that stale, new culture, especially, right. New especially all, yeah. after like certain situations that weren't really going well, but we opened this talk about MVP. I will say the one guy that I would say that potentially could be a push for MVP, Matthew Stafford's in a really quarterback friendly system who got the most out of Jared Goff, Right. I, I think the world of Matthew Stafford, I think he's a really good quarterback. And paired with an offensive mind, look, one of the best seasons for Matthew Stafford was, was with Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator. I, I still I think can't get he, over that name, that that's a real name. <laughs> right, but when you're paired up with Sean McVay, like McVay gets the most out of his quarterbacks, and pairing him up with a guy like Matthew Stafford, you could get an MVP-type season from Stafford, and you're getting him in the range of 16-20-1. to 20 to 1. If I'm taking a selection that's not one of the top three guys, it would be him. Well, and I mean, that's a guy that we're really going to find out who he is. And mm-hmm. if he is the guy that everybody's thought he was in Detroit, just couldn't turn around that type of a place. Like, that's a guy that, to me, in Detroit, has been in football. Hell? Hell. I wasn't going to say it. Well, you can't. You it. <laughs> is that allowed? Is that is that VEASAN allowed? You said, yeah, I mean, I said, said ass. ass. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I said ass. Like, I think I just said ass a couple times right now, yeah. Well, now you're just reeling them <laughs> off at this point. Um, but, you know, we'll have to get uh, Eric Eager's opinion on this on the other half of this. We are... Right here, live on the Nightcap. Back here on the Nightcap, Stormy Bond, Tony Jonathan Van Tobel, and we were talking about the LA Rams and Matt Stafford just I might a have to stop ago. you really quickly. Why, why, why? Breaking? Hashtag no. breaking? No, you called me Jonathan Van Tobel. Von Tobel, I'm so sorry. It's okay. And can I just say, especially after we just said, like, we talked about Jim Bob Cougar, Cooter. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter, yeah. Who am I with the name Stormy judging anybody's name? Well, I mean, it's, arguably you have one of the cooler names that I've ever seen, but you got to say, really. you know, Von Tobel. I know. I'm sorry. We're, we're colleagues. I'm sorry. I think I was just speaking really fast, and I was. I'll like, let it pass. I'll I think you pass. also just make me nervous. <laughs> but while we were talking about the Rams, though, uh, we'd be remiss not to talk about Cam Akers being mm-hmm. out for what's expected to be the entire. 21-22 season. Um, what impact do you think that that has for the Rams? Well, I mean, it's huge, right? Because so much, uh, and you know, you get to go on Lombardi all the time, so you should ask him about it, which is 
you know, when I would do shows with him, I always loved talking scheme. And so much of Sean McVay's scheme is built off of motions and play actions and the running game. And, you know, having a successful running game is a big part of this. Mm-hmm. And, and so now when you talk about that going down in terms of the injury, like that, that's going to be a, a pretty big deal when you're talking about an injury of that nature affecting your offense. Like that's a pretty big deal. So I think there is like, – the scheme is enough, and we can ask Eric about it, Like that I think you'll be able to offset it to a certain extent, but it's clearly a big blow given the way that that scheme works. And we do have Eric Eager on the line right now, Pro Football Focus. So we're just talking about uh, Cam Akers right now, and obviously we learned yesterday that he's going to be out for the remainder of next season with the torn Achilles, and uh, that is a blow, especially considering the Rams also shipped Malcolm Brown off to Miami, which is a little bit under the radar, so they don't have their main back and they don't have their power back. But it appears that Sean McVay believes in what they have right now and they don't want to go out and get a free agent. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, you know, they obviously have Daryl Henderson, who I don't think is is as explosive uh, as Cam Akers is. They also have uh, Raymond Calais, who is a, a late round draft pick out of Louisiana Lafayette, a player that uh, I sort of joke around about, but our numbers I really liked a very explosive player out of Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, a season goes after drafted by Tampa Bay, uh, spent some time as a kick returner with LA. Um, you know, obviously there, there are free agents in play there. I do think that that offense is conducive enough, though, uh, for the LA Rams to sort of incorporate, uh, you know, running backs who, you know, that, that aren't necessarily the biggest names in the world. Eric, let's be, let's be honest. You can be honest. It's a safe space. We're all just rooting for Jake Funk to win this so he can just say his name a bunch, right? You know, I think so. And obviously, you know, like you don't get many running backs that look like Jake Funk and you don't get to say that that many that many times. And and obviously that would be kind of fun. And and, uh, it would add some uh, it would add something to that offense. uh, Let's say let's say Funk to that offense, I guess. So let me ask you. So I was kind of making the case if you're taking an outside shot for MVP since we're talking about the Rams. You know, we know that McVay can maximize his quarterback. We saw what he's worked with for the last few years. How realistic is a case that Matt Stafford is maximized here by McVay? He's already a good quarterback, and you get an MVP-type campaign from a Matthew Stafford who's in the range of about 16-1 to 1 to win the award. Yeah, I just wonder if that's even considered an outside shot anymore, right? Because yeah. you look at him, um, he he's in the top, what, six in terms of MVP? You look at Josh Allen. I think he has the same exact odds as Tom Brady, which sort of seems uh, amazing to me. Um, you know, I, I probably would look elsewhere. I think somebody like Russell Wilson at fourteen to one. Um, he was twenty to one earlier in the offseason. I've placed bets on somebody like Matt Ryan, who um, I think his price has gotten better since they traded Julio Jones. Even if sneakily the win total for Atlanta is even pricier now than when Julio Jones was traded. Uh, in some markets, including Pinnacle, like I think you have to think longer shot if you're going to think about somebody like Stafford. But I do agree. Like I, I think Stafford has always done a great job when they've switched offensive coordinators in Detroit, um, when he's had new circumstances. And so, you know, that first month, and that's oftentimes where we make a lot of our decisions from a narrative perspective. I do think Stafford's going to be great there. When Deshaun Jackson gets inevitably injured and people catch up to McVay's offense like they did a season ago, uh, the second half of the season, is it as rosy there? And does somebody like Mahomes or Brady or Josh Allen catch up to him? I think probably, but yeah, that first month's going to be fun. I like that JVT said um, 
what Sean McVay's been dealing with the last couple of years without actually saying Jared Goff. And obviously he's out there in Detroit. What's the expectation for the Lions next year and what they're going to bring and what's what the task is ahead of Jared Goff? Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I made a joke the other day on my show, the PFF forecast, that like people are pretending that Jared Goff is like Christian Ponder or something at this point. And when he's in reality, he's taken a team to the Super Bowl and has had, you know, very effective times, uh, you know, all of them with Sean McVay, but not necessarily, like, I, I think that there's a decent amount there, there. The problem is you look at their over-under, it's five in a 17-game season. That's really bad, and people are betting under there. And I can understand why. I mean, Detroit, this is, a you know, sort of some Stafford shade, but Detroit has has had some really good receivers over the past decade. That's not really the case anymore. You're looking to Tyrell Williams, uh, and guys like that to really, you know, Quintez Cephas and guys like that to make plays um, for Goff. They do have TJ Hawkinson, a former top 10 pick. They do have a decent offensive line. Um, but in that division, I mean, I just, I just don't know. I, you know, and, and this gets back to some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff too. It's like, I just don't think Detroit is wanting to be a threat this year uh, and, and the win totals and the division odds uh, sort of, you know, bear that out. So I, I think that's really fair on Goff, right? Because he's shown like the talent as a quarterback at times. Eric, you know, you have to execute the system to a certain extent. So that I'll ask you, what do you expect with the Goff and Anthony Lynn pairing? Because I will be, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. When I watch Dan Campbell talk, I just see a guy who wants to punt on fourth and one inside opponent's territory that just yeah. wants to kick field goals. And, and I think that's ultimately what leads to my negative perception of the Lions and what Goff could be. But what do you think that pairing is with Lynn? Uh, because while Goff has done a really solid job, you know, I think it's fair to say that a, a good or a bad coordinator could either really help him or really hurt him. Yeah, and to to be fair to Anthony Lynn and the and the uh, Detroit Lions, like you know, McVay was also a guy that punted a lot and kicked a lot yeah. of field goals on fourth and one. He was just a very good tactician. You know, when you look at the one time that Lynn had his had his uh, you know shot at the plate to be an offensive coordinator in Buffalo, they were very efficient, especially in the run game. You saw LaShawn McCoy, I believe it was um, uh, Williams was his backup. Um, you had Tyrod Taylor also effective. I, I think that's the one thing that Goff brings that like maybe Lynn doesn't necessarily want and what he was actually going for when they were starting Taylor before he got the puncture in the lung by the uh, the trainer last year was sort of that running threat. Um, but yeah, I, I look at that offense and I think of DeAndre Swift as somebody who probably could be a pretty good fantasy option, um, especially you know with that last place schedule in sort of a weak division. Um, but as far as Goff, like, I think they're going to try to run on first and second down a lot. I think that they're going to try to be a smash mouth team. And if that's successful, uh, it often will give rise to great quarterback play. The problem is if it's unsuccessful, you're now putting a quarterback in Goff who is sketchy to begin with in a lot of third and long situations with wide receivers who I don't necessarily think can win one-on-one -on -one matchups. And that's something that, uh, you know, I don't know if any of us want to really watch uh, for 17 games. One thing that I'm asking everybody about, just because it's going to be a conversation topic ultimately until the Packers report to camp or until Aaron Rodgers shows up somewhere. So what's your take on that whole situation? The news came out from Schefter yesterday that he was offered term, offered the opportunity to be the highest paid player in the league, and he turned it down. He didn't want that. So clearly there's a relationship issue there. What's your expectation for him and the Packers this year? Yeah, and, and actually, uh, it's a great question. We we just wrote an article on pff.com. If you want to go there, we're, we're in sale right now as well, where we look at our simulation with Rodgers and without Rodgers. We have the Packers as an 11-win team um, with 
with Rodgers uh, and, and sort of the second favorite, the, thir- the second favorite in the NFC to make the Super Bowl, the third favorite overall to win the Super Bowl at roughly 11%. If you put Jordan Love in there, it, it's a three-win uh, downswing down to eight wins. Um, and, and, you know, their Super Bowl odds are about 1.5%. They, they basically half their division odds, half their win, uh, divi- uh, odds to make the playoffs. It, it's catastrophic. Now, the thing about it is you look at that division, and Minnesota I don't think is the strongest team in the world. Obviously, people are happy in Chicago about Justin Fields, but who knows what that will end up being in year one, and we just talked about how poor Detroit is. Um, you know, they could still make the playoffs with Jordan Love. I just think that their expectations are so they go from being a Super Bowl caliber team to being a team that's just battling it out for a, a kind of a weaker division in kind of a flat NFC if you take out Tampa Bay. So expand, if you would, on the uh, the Minnesota Vikings, because one of the futures that I do have uh, is the Minnesota Vikings in the range of about plus 350 uh, to win the NFC North. I made that back in May. I, I, I am kind of a sucker for their offense, their run game. I think it is like maximizing a little bit of what you're looking at with quarterback and cousins. Uh, their defense, though, is really the question mark, right? Their defensive backfield wasn't great last year. I think it's going to be a little bit better this year. Uh, but w- when you talked about the Vikings in the comment there, what do you think the ceiling of the floor is for them? Yeah, I mean, you guys are showing the odds there with Green Bay or Minnesota at plus 350, yeah. Packers at minus 250. I mean, that's that's a significant move from where it's been recently, right? I, I do myself have a Vikings plus 400 to win the NFC North ticket. I think it opened at DraftKings at five to one yeah. when when it became less clear that Minnesota, that that Green Bay was going to have Rodgers. You saw that number all the way almost down to two to one for Minnesota, and I just simply don't think that that's a great bet. I think you have to look towards Chicago if you want that. At close to four to one, absolutely. Kirk Cousins to me is probably you know borderline top ten quarterback in the NFL. You have Justin Jefferson, who's a great wide receiver, up and coming. Thielen, who I think is a good, good complementary wide receiver. They have some issues in that they're replacing a good veteran in Riley Reef with a rookie in Christian Derrishaw, who I think long term will be good. But year one, they have a lot of tough edge players on their schedule. And as you said, the defense they went from being weak a season ago and adding players like Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breeland and getting back to Nell Hunter, I just wonder if that's going to be enough to cover up the fact that it's unlikely that Cousins, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen will all have career years again. Um, so I sort of, when I look at their win total of nine, uh, I very much agree with that. I would even maybe put it at eight and a half, just because, again, it's really hard um, you know, to think about that offense producing as well as it did a season ago um, and, and even with the defense coming back down, you know, to average, I think it all sort of evens out to being something like a 500 team again. Plus 250 for the Vikings to go ahead and win that NFC North. I want to pop over to the AFC South for a second because the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that have just been absolutely brutal to watch. Um, and yep. now, obviously, you've got Urban Meyer. You have this opportunity with Trevor Lawrence coming in and all these different things that are, there's a lot of excitement, I feel like, around this team, even though there's no idea what they're going to show up with. Uh, last year, 1-15. in 15. What are some of the details that you can give us on Jacksonville? What do you think it's going to be like under Urban Meyer taking the step in the NFL again? Yeah, I, I think there's some elements of a sideshow to them, right? So they, they, they hired that uh, strength coach from Iowa and fired him in a matter of days. <laughs> They, they hired a vice president of research and development, um, and then they went through the draft and then fired him like a month later, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, they have some, you know, legitimate NFL-ness to their, uh, 
uh, coaching staff with uh, you know Brian Schottenheimer, former coordinator in Seattle, uh, Daryl Bevel, former coordinator in both Minnesota, Seattle, and then Detroit. Um, Bevel was the offensive coordinator when Russell Wilson uh, took the league by storm in, in 2012-2013 to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and so I like that. And one of the things here is, you know, in the league, um, you know, we're talking about Fred Warner's contract today. Like, if $22 million is what the Jacksonville Jaguars are spending on their first quarterback, their first three running backs, and first three wide receivers. And if those players hit, they're going to have such freedom to support those players in the future. And so I think long-term, th- it's looking up for them. And in a division where, you know, Tennessee's got a lot of holes. They remind me of Minnesota last year where, you know, they're very good two wide receivers. They have a pretty kind of Kirk Cousin quarterback. Um, but they're, they're breaking in a new offensive coordinator. Um, the defense is fragile. You look at Indianapolis, Carson Wentz was the least accurate quarterback in the NFL a season ago. If you're looking for a long shot to win a division, this used to be 12 to one, you know, we visited the desert, let's say in April. Um, but at seven to one, I do think this is probably the best long shot division bet you can make, uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021. I love that you mentioned Sideshow and you did not say Tim Tebow's name in that. I was shocked. Yeah, I mean, the, that's, that's how crazy it's been. I mean, he hasn't even been the top, like, yeah, he's a probably top three weird story for them, <laughs> uh, but not, not top two. Hey, Eric, real quick, these last couple minutes, you mentioned this division. So, and uh, am I wrong? I'm just being kind of like pessimistic here on Tennessee. The, the, the thing for me is the coaching decisions, right? We talk about first and second down, running the ball, setting yourself up in poor situations. Uh, but to me, the most important thing is, you know, are they generating a pass rush this year? Is that defensive backfield as weak as I think it is? Yeah, and I know Dory Jackson didn't play the whole season for them, and Butler struggled, but. You know, they've got they got rid of Desmond King. They got rid of Malcolm Butler. They got rid of Adore Jackson. So, you know, you're bringing Janoris Jenkins in, Christian Fulton from last draft, and then Caleb Farley, their first-round pick. Young corners struggle in the NFL. And, mm-hmm. and if you can't produce a pass rush and, and you're depending on Bud Dupree, a player who, you know, I think got a lot of cleanup sacks because of pressures by guys like Stephon Tuitt and TJ Watt in Pittsburgh, I think they're going to be diff- you know, disappointed in the defensive side of the ball. And then on the os- offensive side of the ball, Arthur Smith, to me, you, you bring up early down running and stuff like that. Arthur Smith was such a great tactician as an offensive coordinator. He almost made up for the fact that he was, I think, suboptimal in terms of run pass rate in, in Tennessee. He moves on to Atlanta, where I think he'll be a plus for them. But you got Todd Downing the last time he had his, you know, uh, uh, you know, trip to the the plate when he was with the Oakland Raiders, got Jack Del Rio fired and gave us all John Gruden. So yeah. that 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 to me, I think, is really the leak there. And again, they remind me a lot of Minnesota last year. Uh, a really good record the previous season, but very proud of going into this year. Hey, awesome stuff today. Really appreciate you, Eric. Thanks for having me on. That's Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus. Give him a follow at PFF underscore Eric. We will be back here on the Nightcap. Continuing with a little bit more NFL and our treats and beats. Stay right here. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. lucky pair of Crocs and channel your inner fortune teller because your prediction might just make you $10,000 richer. The Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming and dare we say free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 G's could be yours. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. I've never wanted Crocs more in my life. And with 10 G's on the line, Sounds wonderful. Stormy Bonantoni and JVT with you here on the Nightcap. And if you were with us earlier when we were going through the the Mountain West Conference, uh, we had some news that came out of media days earlier today that in the Mountain West, teams will forfeit games where they can't field a roster rather than have it be declared a new contest in the conference. And we have an update there, JVT, on what that means for the book. Yeah, what we're talking about. And again, you always want to specify in terms of uh, house rules, but uh, I texted Jeff Sherman over the Superbook, uh, sent me the uh, excerpt house rules over at the uh, Superbook. Uh, all other wagering rules, or excuse me, I read the wrong recording, all <laughs> regular season wins, uh, point totals, things of that nature, future propositions, stipulated number of games must be played, forfeitures are deemed a non-played game. And Jeff also noted it will basically nullify the season win total of the teams, plural, involved as they would not attain the required number of games. That's the Superbook, so again, more than likely it's a no contest everywhere, uh, yeah. but good to know. Interesting. See, look at you. you. got the inside track. Now, before we came to the break, I said we were going to continue the football talk, but little did you know, this time I meant soccer because... The world's the, game. The Olympic Games, not many people know this, 
But even though opening ceremonies are Friday, competition has been going on for certain sports. They do start things a little bit early, and for the U.S. women's national team, they got underway. They were hoping, I guess not. We're doing our treats and beats segment here. This one's a tough one because they lost 3 nothing in their opener in Group G to Sweden, ending the U.S. women's national team's unbeaten streak of 44 games, and that's a stunner, plus 730 on that winner if you had it. Yeah, congratulations to anybody <laughs> who did. And uh, look, that's a highly power-rated team. Yeah, uh, it, it does, of course, by going by the odds, uh, seem that they would romp through and win this gold. Doesn't mean that they're out of it, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, that is a massive win for anybody who had that plus 730 if there was. And, and sure, there was a lot of people who needed just one more on the parlay. And we're oh. like, ah, U.S. women? Yeah, they're massive favors. Throw it on there. Let's see what's going to happen. And uh, sure enough, it's three. Yeah, that's a killer. That's the one that you have on your Paul relay, and you're like, all right, I got a lock on at least one of these. That's, and then that's the one that kills you. That's why, well, one, I'm not, I'm not a parlay better, but that's why you never add one more. Um, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things I've ever seen was there was a guy in the book who was asking uh, for, like, he had like a 12 team parlay, and he wanted to add on one more. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what you want to put on there. And he, go, and he looks at it and he goes, yeah, Santa Barbara's pretty big favorite. I'll throw it on there. And then, like, walks off. And I was like, all right, good luck, man. Uh, he did not hit that parlay. I, I saw him the next day. He did but not I hit have that a parlay. feeling it wasn't just that one. Uh, if no, you have I a 12-teamer. Yeah, I don't think that was the only one that he was, uh, <laughs> he was firing away on. Next opponent for the U.S. Women's National Team, by the way, is New Zealand. Not nearly as good on paper as Sweden. So hard to imagine the U.S. playing any worse based on um, how that game went. So they're looking for a bounce back, get themselves out of that. Um, and Megan Rapino, because I learned today that we're allowed to say ass on this program, mm -hmm. she said we got our ass kicked a bit, but no time to dwell, which is which is something that they normally do. Like they obviously they didn't have an unbeaten streak of 44 games because they dwell on bad performances or games where they're mm -hmm. not playing to their strengths. But they were a little bit out of sync in game one, so we'll just see if they can turn it around. Yeah, but against New Zealand, three-way line over at DraftKings. Uh, this kicks off at 1.30 our time, 4.30 in the morning over on the East Coast Saturday. Uh, three-way line, women in for the U.S., minus 3,000. New Zealand, 35-1, to one, draw 16-1. to one. So, again, prohibitive favorite. So, in terms of things that could go wrong at the Olympics, obviously we've heard so much from the you know Tokyo Organizing Committee for the Olympics saying that there is... No, they're not ruling out canceling the Olympics if their spike gets worse. In terms of over-under on a bear showing up and ruining things, have you seen the story? No. What do you think that would be? Yeah. So, okay, they've had so many weird things go on in the Olympics. Obviously, like, COVID has been tragic, and it's been really, really difficult there because their vaccine rollout hasn't been nearly as good as the U.S.'s, and we're very fortunate in that sense. We also learned that an army of oysters could have single-handedly ruined the rowing competition because they just were weighing down the boats. Okay. And now, apparently, a brown bear is on the loose in Tokyo. It wow. showed up at random <laughs> points and is is an issue. They're trying to do everything in their power to keep the bear away. They can't, they can't catch him. Wow, that's really true. Quote, we couldn't find or capture the bear, and while there won't be any spectators at the stadium, we are on alert and searching for the bear around the site. Yeah. Apparently, the stadium guards have been blasting music and using firecrackers <laughs> to scare the bear into leaving the area. Wow. That's, uh, okay. As if the Olympic Games start has not been weird enough, add a brown bear ridiculous. into the equation. Yep, when we come back, we're going to talk a little AFC North, get a little bit more into the, the other football. So stay with us right here on the Nightcap.
season football betting guides are coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy. Get in there. Sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. You can sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back here on the Nightcap, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. He's JVT. We're missing Tim Murray, even though apparently you guys have some beef that I didn't know about. Right. But neither here nor there. We will move on. We're talking AFC because the Pittsburgh Steelers reported for training camp today. And apparently, according to Adam Schefter, Allegedly. lean and mean Ben Roethlisberger. So apparently he lost weight. I didn't know that. I, like, so he, they tweeted the picture out. I was say, I, the picture doesn't look, he looks the same. I, I think he looks the same as well. And my argument is, this is, so we always do this, right? Whenever, whenever a season starts, player X is in the best shape of his life, right? Especially if it's an old guy, right? I am a uh, Angels fan. Do you know how many times Albert Pujols has come into camp? spring training in the best shape of his life. And you know how many years that helped? None. So I think when I looked at, like, it's great that Ben is in shape, if that's really the case. Um, and I would also say, I don't stare at pictures of Ben Roethlisberger, so he could have lost weight, right? Um, I don't believe that for a second. Right. You look like you just, no, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, careful. Um, but I think really, and this is me just being the pessimistic person that I am, where it's like, okay, it's great that he lost weight. But when I watched the Steelers' offense last year, I wasn't being like, man, Ben's fat. And if he was skinny, this offense would be a lot better. Yeah. No, I, I watched That's an not offense. That's the problem. Right. I watched an offense that had a quarterback that didn't really challenge the ball downfield. That when a lot of these games, when they would bog down, it was just crossing rounds, crossing rounds, crossing rounds, and nothing really that would develop and make you a very big threat with a big play offense. I watched an offensive line that was not very good and lost a lot of members of that offensive line. And and that's my problem with the Steelers. I think their defense is going to be very, very good. But if something is going to ultimately hold them back, I believe it is going to be this offense. And I don't believe Ben shedding 20 pounds, whatever it was, is the answer to that, right? So it's good that he's in shape. I just, if you're looking at this and going, you know what? I needed a sign to bet the, the Steelers to win this division. And skinny big men is it. I just don't know if that's the case. Well, I, I like I said, I agree with you. I don't think that he necessarily looks any different. Mm -hmm. But if health was such a key, um, just in general to a season, that's kind of what held him back in terms of injuries. If he's trying to just build up a stronger yeah. foundation, that type of a thing makes sense to me. He is 39 years old, although Father Time doesn't seem to care about Tom Brady. Did you see that quote from his trainer, by the way? Mm -mm. Like, just saying, he's like, yeah, I could see Tom Oh, the two playing. more seasons? Yeah, yeah don't. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that to me. He said he's training him. He's training him to think in the future. So he's been training for this year, four years ago, five years ago. It's crazy what happens when you sign deals with Satan to get what you <laughs> want, huh? Crazy. <laughs> At 39 years old, though, to you, does Big Ben have another deep playoff run in him? I, I mean, to an extent that his defense is good enough that they're going to like right. Okay. So if they let's say they go nine and seven, because I think they're nine and seven. Got to get that out of my head. Uh, let's go 10 and 7. If they go 10 and 7 and win that division, which is perfectly plausible, that defense is good enough to win you a few games, then, i.e., that's a playoff run. Now, is he, does he have enough left where it's, hey, Ben, we need you to throw it 40 times a game, over 350 yards, and three touchdowns each game? That's where I just don't know if that's really the case for Ben Roethlisberger. All right, that makes sense. Uh, in terms of the division, um, Steelers. 
plus 400 at BetMGM, plus 600 here at Circa, plus 450. Um, in order to win the division, Ravens the favorites. Mm-hmm. Do you like the way that that's laid out? Yeah, I, I personally think that the Browns are going to win this division. Yep. I, I like the way everything sets up for them. They have one of the easier schedules in the National Football League. That always helps when you're talking about winning divisions and how that's going to stack up. I also think they have one of the big... I'm a big fan of Harbaugh, um, but I do think that when you look at Stefanski and that staff are very, very good. The way they have set up their offense, we talk about maximizing your quarterback, right? I think ben, uh, Baker Mayfield's a really good quarterback, but that system where they can all effectively, it's the... the Shades of that zone running we see Kubiak tree, the Minnesota Vikings similar system. That is something that maximizes the talent on officially quarterback, and you're going to get like a level in terms of that added piece defensively. You're going to be better in that. That with the skill, I think the Browns are going to win this division. And there's, I can understand to a certain extent, like the anti Baker Mayfield sentiment. But if you look, so in PFF, Mike always makes fun of me. I like PFF. I like DVOA. I like all these other things. BFF is, is one grading system, but he has been relatively level for the most part, Baker Mayfield, in terms of his PFF grading. I think his second year, which was his down year, 74, I think, was his PFF grade. Two other years were in the 80s. He's a solid quarterback, and so if you maintain that level of play, your defense gets better. He had one of the best defensive players mm-hmm. in Miles Garrett. I think this is a team that wins the AFC North. Do you think with OBJ, were they just trying too hard at times? I mean, it seems like it, right? I mean, Baker Mayfield, to an extent, do you feel obligated to get him involved in the offense? At the same time... Well, because he's kind of one of those players, to me, that if you don't get him involved early, then he just kind of, personality-wise, ego-wise, falls off a little bit. Could be. I think when... If it is along those lines, I think that you are in a place now where you're like, look, look at what we did last year. We did it with... Not without you, but once you went out of the system, we were still a very successful team. Allow this thing to operate the way it should be. And we saw we still saw flashes from Odell Beckham Jr. You saw he had some really big catches and moments uh, in that Dallas Cowboys game at the beginning of the year. So I think that's still a, a fit for the most part. But I just I like this system a lot. I like this head coaching. Uh, I like this head coach and the staff a lot. And I think there's a pretty high ceiling for the Browns. Bengals still there in the doghouse, 25-1. to 1, Not a lot of expectation with them. But I think they're going to be good. And I, the, the Bengals are going to be a team in which there are going to be times where they're catching points that they're going to be a very competitive team. And worth betting on, I think, from an ATS standpoint, on a week-to-week basis, not like every week, but in the, in the right situations, the Bengals are going to be a team that you're going to want to back in certain spots. Uh, I just think when you're talking about winning the division, you know, we talk, about, we talk about value, right? And you see 25 to 1, you're like, that's a big price. I, I want that. And you want a little bit more when you're talking about a team with the makeup of the Bengals and the teams in front of them that are Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to win this division now. What do you think about that number, though, for the over-under and total win, 6.5? My question is just, what does Joe Burrow look like? Like, I would tend to look under only because, again, we're talking about a, knee, a, a, a gruesome knee injury mm-hmm. for him, right? You know, well, I can see that's it. That's what's scary. Is like he's the reason for optimism, but, basically coming into this season. But what are you going to get? And the schedule is there's winnable spots on that schedule, right? The, the Vikings game at the beginning of the year. I like the Vikings to win that division, but that's that is a winnable game. The Jaguars game, the Lions game, the Jets game. This is a, a schedule that lends itself to some manageable win, uh, victories. And then there is in the division, right? They're on level footing in divisional games, right? Those are very close contests. So. I can understand why you would want to bet that over, but to ask them to go seven and ten with a quarterback coming off an injury like that, I just, I, I especially laying a price too. Yep. No, thank you. Very fair. A lot of great storylines there in the AFC North. When we come back, we we'll get some best bets going into tomorrow and finish things up here on the Nightcap. Keep it locked on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because then I need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Match searches through millions of resumes and Indeed database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. More at Indeed.com slash credit. Wrapping things up here on the nightcap. And obviously there's a full slate of Major League Baseball today. 15 games and we have an update for you in this Dodgers-Giants game. Yeah, two-run shot here for the San Francisco Giants that have a 3-2 lead right now over the Dodgers. We're in the top of the ninth inning. How about that? So the Giants, 3-2 over the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was Flores who homered to left. Looks like it scored his 406-foot bomb. I actually heard a cheer out here in the book. It's very soundproof in here. Oh, yeah, that's not a shot at the crowd. It's the fact that we could usually never hear anything. So figured something had happened and look up. Sure enough, 3-2 lead. And the Giants uh, still threatening, too, by the way. Top of the ninth with a runner on second and one out. And Solano at the plate. So we'll see if they can continue to put and tack on runs here for the Dodgers. One of the more surprising baseball scores for me today was the Royals 6 over the Brewers. That's back-to-back games now Mm -hmm. that as 
the road team, the Royals, who have been atrocious on the road throughout the course of this season, are getting wins over the home favorite. Yeah, and a Brewers team, too, that uh, is separating themselves, right, from the NL Central. And you have your ebbs and flows of the season, and you're going to uh, lose some games to some less-than-quality competition as well. And Lauer charged, uh, not with a loss, excuse me, Suter charged with a loss because he comes in relief of Lauer, uh, who actually pitched a really good game. Five innings, three hits, uh, no earned runs, and he goes away with six strikeouts thinking, all right, this is going to work. But then sure enough, Suter comes in, uh, gives up three gives up uh, three runs in the span of an inning, and it goes pretty wrong from there. So, yeah, it's a pretty surprising result. And I think, double-check the market here, uh, Kansas City at the close was a uh, obviously an underdog against the Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. but we'll have to see where the market moved in that regard. Yeah, no question. Uh, and Just in terms of some futures, I know mm-hmm. that we did a little bit of Olympics talk earlier with the U.S. women's national team. They had a tough beat, losing 3 nothing to Sweden in their opener. And as the opening ceremonies come Friday, curious what some of your Olympic futures might be out there, basketball? Uh, yeah, so it's all, it's all basketball-related. Uh, by the way, the uh, Kansas City Royals closed plus 163. We'll clean that up against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so... This is really cool because it's really, you always want to shop around, right? Always shop for numbers. And there are times, especially in niche markets, I would consider Olympic basketball to be a relatively niche market, where you can find operators that maybe fall asleep in terms of adjusting and not matching with the market. So uh, I had two futures bets that, that aren't on the board anymore. Uh, one was Australia at 20 to 1. They're now about in the range of 7 to 1 uh, to win gold. The other is Nigeria at 100 to 1, now in the range of about 30 to 1, depending on where you shop. Um, and really, the Nigeria one was just a value bet, right? Mm-hmm. From 31 to 101, pretty big difference. But I, I think there was some, the Australians are legitimate competition for the Americans. And yes, they won a friendly. It, some of that has to do with it. But if you look at their roster as a whole, Stormy, there's some quality competition like on this team. It's Joe Ingles, it's Matisse Thibel, uh, it is Patty Mills, right? It is Aaron Baines. These are legitimately good basketball players. They have depth, they have shooting, they have defense. They're a really good team, and they're a team that, for sure, there's still some plus prices out there, and then meddling, if you can still find those, really scant, like plus 105 or something like that. But this is a team, because to remind anybody who doesn't know, you have your three groups, top two teams, and then the top two third-place teams will move on to the quarterfinal or to the, um, to the next round, the knockout stage. They draw, right? So it's not on seeding or anything like that. They will draw the lots in terms of the tournament. So even more so, I think they're a very good team, but a favorable draw once you get to the knockout stage would really help as well. This is a really good team. And so like a 20 to 1, I felt really comfortable. I feel really good about it. But regardless, they're going to be a really quality mm-hmm. team in this tournament. And anybody, by the way, who's had NBA fever with the finals just concluding right. yesterday, USA basketball or just basketball in the Olympics in general is a fun sport, it seems like, to bet because you are familiar with so many of the faces and that you can kind of put some things together and make good picks. Well, and here's the thing, too, because and I did a, like a team-by-team preview for this for Points Red Weekly. The statistics are out there for all these guys that you don't really know, right? So you can at least still get a general profile of uh, what a team, what a player is like, and how he fits right in the system. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I knew every one of Luka Doncic's teammates for Slovenia, but you go and you look at some of their statistical profiles in international play. And it's easy to find. Yeah. Oh, Basketball Reference has all these international stats that you can go and find and look up. But, you know, you look at a team like Slovenia who has Luka Doncic, so they have a shot. But that, that to me, when you look at 15 to 1, that's too short of a price. That, that's a price that is short. We were talking about futures, right? And why, what was it? Was it North Carolina who was ahead of Miami that you were referencing? Yes. Yeah. So liability has something to do with that. Why the odds don't really reflect the, to reflect the true nature of a team's implied probability to win a tournament or anything else. Slovenia is not a team that is 15 to 1 to win this type of a tournament. They're 15 to 1 because they have Luka Doncic. 
and people are going to go to the board and see, hey, Slovenia, Luka Doncic, he's really good. I'm going to bet on them. I, I think truer odds are still in the range of like a 30 to 1 or so for a team like Slovenia. But still, you know, you can go on. You can find out that Mike Toby, his, by the way, former Virginia Cavalier, averaged 9.5 points, 5 rebounds for Valencia in EuroLeague play, but a 15.7.5 rebounds in the qualifying tournament. Uh, you Jaka Blazic, who shot 46% on 5.5 three-point attempts per game in the most recent Euro Cup, averaged 17 points per game for his team in the ABA. You can go and find those numbers, and you can get kind of like an idea of what these teams are going to be like. So like the Slovenians, they're going to be a pretty good three-point shooting team. It's going to be Luka Doncic, and he's going to be able to create a lot, but he's also going to have to play like 33 minutes a game and, and do a lot, and you just wonder how sustainable that is through the course of an entire tournament to win gold. But I think the Australians... Uh, I think Spain is one of those teams where you'll remember Spain as a basketball power, but then realize they're geriatric and old, and <laughs> Pau Gasol is 41 and getting really good minutes on this kind of a team, and that's not really a 9-1 to type of team. And you saw in the second half of their friendly on Sunday, they got run out in the second half by Team USA. So I'm really excited. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. And FIBA basketball is cool because it's different. Yeah. It's more physical. You can goaltend. You can plant your center in the middle of the paint. So it's a different game, too. So it's kind of refreshing from NBA basketball, you know? And we kind of joked about this in the break earlier, but what will it be like when the players that just got off of right. the court in game six are about to head to Tokyo together? And, like, that's got to be so tough because you have, like, the thrills of victory and the agony of defeat all in one spot. Well, and it's not, So it's not even just that, right? But it's like, so if you're Devin Booker, I just spent six games, for lack of a better term, hating you, right? Like, I want to beat you. And they're all professionals. I get it. But, like, I, I, you, I lost a championship to you, and now I have to go win something with you, yeah. right? We have to now band it's together. All right. Like, it's, it's such a weird dynamic. And it's got to be a weird dynamic on the plane, right? Like, coming back, and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are probably happy and you know, like, <laughs> probably talking about the fact that they just won an NBA title, right? And Still Devin, popping bottles Devin on Booker the plane. Just, like, sitting back there, like, you know. Screw you guys. Or at least, uh, <laughs> how long is that flight from Tokyo to wherever? That's probably like 12, 16 hours, long, right? Long, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the exact details on that. I've never been. Have you? No, I've never been out of the country, so. Oh, really? No. Not even Canada? No. We got to get you a passport, man. We gotta yeah, I don't have you. a passport. I was told to get one because there's benefits, and I don't know what the benefits are if I. I think it's just country. going to another country. Okay, yeah. I was like, somebody told me, like, no, it's beneficial. I was like, okay, I guess. I, I never oh. leave, but yeah. Well, if you do want to make an easy trip to Canada, I think Montreal is a cool place because it feels like you're in like this European exotic place because okay. all their signage is in French and everything, but it's still just, you know. Okay. Just right. So it's like right going to like, like Disney World or something exactly. with like a French feel. Like I'm still comfortable in this exactly. side of the Exactly. It's so basic. But I'm excited for the Olympics in general. Like, are you an Olympics guy or do you just focus on USA basketball? No, I like, or not I'm, USA basketball, but basketball. Yeah. So I, I obviously really like the basketball portion of it. It's familiar. It's cool. Like I, I'm the guy that will just like if something's on when I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'll watch this. Like this, like I really got into the last Olympics that had fencing. I think it was yeah, I think it's the Summer Olympics. Fencing's cool. Like fencing's really dope to watch. I had a lot of fun with that when they had the rugby sevens, like the rugby. Uh, that uh -huh. was cool because those are those quick games. Like you could watch three rugby games in the matter of like two hours. Mm -hmm. So no, I'm totally I'm one of the if it's on, I will watch it. Type yeah, of guys, so. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. In the in the winter games, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit too. I'm trying to figure out. How um, the one where they ski and then they shoot. I can't oh, exactly yeah, remember no, what it's yeah, no, But, like, no. how is that still an event? I don't really understand. Like, where does that come from? Uh, that just seems like an old-timey type of an event that should Biathlon. have worked its way out at some point, And it just is going strong. Biathlon, yeah. Like, I, I always wonder with stuff like that, like, who was the first person who's like, tell you what, not only are you going to race on skis, but at some point I want to shoot these guns. 
<laughs> and also, let's make sure that this becomes an Olympic event where everybody in the world is going to start competing. Yeah. Like, that's the origins of certain things, like cross-country skiing and rifle shooting, melting them <laughs> together, and then being like, this is the peak of athleticism. Meanwhile, I'm like, I can't do either one of those things. I stand firmly by the belief that we need to get in all of these events in the Olympic Games, get just like a regular person out there to try to do it and give us a baseline of how oh, difficult yeah. these things really are. I've I always think, loved that. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Um, one thing I did want to touch on real quickly, the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays earlier 7-4, to four, and it's the third time in Red Sox history now that they've had consecutive five home run games in a series also, in 1977 and 1950, their 11 home runs in the last two games are tied for third most in a two-game span in team history. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, of course. And this is, I mean, this is the part of the Red Sox that I think you believe in, right? It's, mm -hmm. the, the lineup is really good. I don't have any faith that the lineup will drop off in any way whatsoever. My question with Boston is always, you know, the pitching that they're getting from guys at the top of this rotation, where Garrett Richards for a little bit looked like, like they're really getting something like Garrett Richards. Like this is really going to, and then sure enough, Garrett Richards kind of falls off. And then you look at the rest of that, and you wonder how sustainable this is going forward, and if they're going to add something in terms of their pitching. But their lineup is tremendous. I don't think there's any question that that is a legitimate part of what they're doing at this point. Where do you think you have them in the pennant race? The Red Sox. Yeah. I mean, if so, I, I'm a big. I have a ticket on the Astros at six to one to win the American League. I, I believe very much so in the. Um, and the Houston Astros, by far, multiple statistical categories, best lineup in Major League Baseball. And then after that, it's hard not to like what the White Sox are doing. I think you could probably put them third or fourth, depending on where you have a team like Tampa Bay, right, or a team like Oakland and how much you believe in them. Uh, but to me, I would probably say fourth only because, again, at this point, the way they're currently constructed, I just don't know if that pitching gets you very far. You can maybe win a game with a top-end guy like an Evaldi or if Sale comes back or what's going to happen if they potentially, I know they've been linked like a Scherzer type, if that happens, then hell yeah. Uh, but outside of the way that they're looking right now, it's hard to put them above the others just given that kind of weakness that they have. I guess real quickly as we round things out, since we went American League, got a National League pick? You know, not really. I, think, I, mean, I would tend to lean toward the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are deep. I think they'll work through uh, the rotation, small issues that they've had. Um, and I think that's going to be it. Like, I like the Brewers, but there's... You, you can miss me with anybody out of the NL East for sure. Well, don't worry. I won't call them your daughters. This is fun. Yeah, that's right. I swear, you know, you go into this thing in a three-hour show that's going to last a long time. goes by really quickly. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Stormy. He's JVT. This was the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.